Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone and welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 391, that's ridiculous, of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining me again this week, only because everyone else was unavailable, Nate Dotson. What do you think about that introduction, Nate? Goodness gracious. I'll tell you what, I am reasonably happy to be here. <laughs> a little less happy than you were a few minutes ago. <laughs> Come on. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. I apologize for that. Uh, so the Reds, you know, the, the Cincinnati Reds, they're something. They play baseball. They do play baseball, and sometimes they play baseball well, and sometimes not so well. Update over the, from the last week of baseball games. Uh, the Reds, you know, since the last podcast, they won the final game of the Milwaukee series, and then they uh, won the first game of the series against the Miami Marlins in Miami. That's in Florida. And then they lose the last two against the Marlins over the weekend, so they drop a series to the hapless Miami Marlins. They lose the first two games of the series against the hated St. Louis Cardinals. And it's a four-game losing streak, and everyone's freaking out. Meanwhile, this guy here, he writes a story just as they go on this uh, begin to, uh, on this four-game losing streak. He writes a column for Cincinnati Magazine that says, "Enjoy the moment. This is fun. We don't get to enjoy playoff baseball very often." And the Reds proceed to smack me in the face. What do you think, Nate? Well, I'm not going to say that you are responsible for this minor slide. But you might be. You're not going to say I'm not responsible. <laughs> I think that uh, it was a well-timed column because even after this little rough patch, the Reds are still in the wild card spot. Right. They, they won the, the final game of the series 12-2. to uh, So they did lose two out of three in two straight series. So that's not good. But ultimately, they are 10 games out in the division race. That's not good. But in the wild card race, the Reds are... You know where, where do we need them to be? There, we'd rather be up way more, but the Reds are currently in that second wild card spot, and they are a half game ahead of the San Diego Padres, still two games ahead of the uh, Philadelphia Phillies, and two and a half ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals. So, uh, you know, um, <laughs> would we rather be up more? Yes, but still, I think the the points I was trying to make in that in that column were. It's enjoy the moment because we don't get it. We don't get to enjoy the Reds in a pennant race, and they are in the thick of a pennant race. And you know what? I'm happy. That's all I'm going to say about that. What are your feelings about these current the current Reds as of this moment? Almost every year of my life, by this point in the season, the Reds have long been out of it. This is a joyous, joyous time to be alive and to be a Reds fan. And I'm not going to let a little skid damper my optimism. Even if it is against, you know, the stupid Cardinals. Oh, gosh. The, oh, my goodness. Yeah, the Cardinals, of course, in the uh, final game of that series, Nick Castellanos hit like seven home runs. That's not a precise number, but it's somewhere in that neighborhood, one of which was a grand slam. And evidently his bat was chipped. And uh, Giants, Giants, Cardinals manager Mike Schilt, uh, whose name I want to mispronounce in a uh, semi-vulgar way every single time, and you all are free to do that, but uh, comes out and, and pulls this uh, – Let's check it. Check his bat. Check well, just the Cardinals whining nonsense. And I just I'm so sick of that organization. I mean, they never get any less irritating. Ever. Hashtag best fans in baseball. Best fans in baseball. Uh, 
you know, Brandon Phillips had it right a few years ago. I'm not going to say what Brandon Phillips called them, but they are still whiny little whatever Brandon Phillips called them. Um, so now back to your point, almost every year of your life, boy, I tell you that when you put it that way and it really does, it really does hurt. But uh, the column that I wrote in and that column was born out of, uh, if you're a, a subscriber at patreon.com slash red radio, this, uh, this month's, well, I guess last month's at this point, um, Patreon exclusive episode of the podcast was focused on this idea, uh, you know, enjoy the moment. And, and I went back to, to look at all the years in, since the last world series where we've had a chance in August and, and late August, early September to actually be in, in the mix. We're in September now and the Reds are literally in a playoff spot as, as of now. And, and so I went back to look and it's just, it's, it's very, very few times. And then, uh, that led to a conversation with, uh, one of our, uh, patrons uh woo who is uh, a good follower on the twitters and uh woo the reds he won't let me tell you all his name because he won't tell me his name but anyway uh we had a conversation just about how hard it is to you know just a damper on over things because of the way bob castellini and ownership has just they haven't even didn't even try to really improve the team at all this is the team that he was given by uh dick williams basically that nick crawl was given by dick williams then last year and then castling didn't even try to fix it and so it's like he his, his point was is there's just kind of a you know is we're, we're telling him it's okay to just do this you know um even though they abandoned the fans and i'm like you know it's true i've been complaining about Castellini. i've been writing uh, columns that make him uh irritated according to uh reports that are uh, fairly um reliable um you know, all year long I've been writing about that. But my point is just, you know what? There's a, there's a generation of fans like you, Nate, who have rarely experienced this. And, you know, there's going to be plenty of time this off season to whine and complain and to talk about what they what they did wrong and what they need to do next. But right now, man, we've got a, a month left at this point of the season. I, I just, I just want to enjoy it. I don't, we don't we don't get a chance to see a team that has a chance at the playoffs, and I'm just going to try to ignore the nonsense surrounding this. And there's plenty of nonsense. It's a circus in that front office. But we follow this team in order to enjoy a chance at at, at success, a chance of winning, a chance of competing for a championship, and we have that right now. And so, yes, there are issues. I'm trying. I'm I'm basically resolving to ignore them for the next month in 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 an attempt to enjoy the team. Now that's a large. A long monologue there, Nate, where I <laughs> muted your mic so that I could just keep uh, rambling. What are your thoughts about that idea of enjoying the moment and saving the complaints for maybe for, you can complain if you want, but I'm going to save it for another day. Um, I, I think you have to you have to do it. As much as I look back fondly on popping my non-alcoholic bottle of champagne after kindergarten class when I was five, the 1990 <laughs> World Series. <laughs> Um, Buddy, you were in bed. I remember it. <laughs> I was in high school. You mom, were in bed. Mom and dad wouldn't let me stay up, and my older brother wouldn't uh, sneak me into the TV room. That's true. Um, my best moment, my my number one memory as a Reds fan, was the day Bruce Walkoff. It was a division clinching home run. So I certainly cannot take for granted being in a pennant race of any kind. When when you know. Your lows are expected. You gotta let the highs be high. Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to put it. And by the way, Nate, that uh, Bruce uh, home run on clinch was, was eleven years ago. <laughs> eleven years ago. It was also the last positive. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's the lows are low. Have been low with this team. And, and frankly, the truth is, 
if history is a guide, the Reds are going to, this is a rare occasion. This is, you know, the winning days are almost certainly not going to last, is the way I put it in my column, if, if you judge by the history and the way this team's run right now. So uh, maybe they will. There's a chance. they got some young uh, players in this organization. It's, it's set up if, if you have an owner that will really take advantage of it, but you can't guarantee that. So since we don't know if we're, when we're going to have this again, let's enjoy it. God, we talked, I don't know if it's the last time or the time before that you were on the podcast, Nate, we talked about just that series in 2010. Uh, the the home game they had against the Phillies, and just the the energy inside the ballpark that day, and that's just that's why I'm a Reds fan for those moments, and they are rare. Unlike other organizations, they're extremely rare for our organization. So, can, 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 don't you just want to see Great American Ballpark with that kind of electricity in it? You remember it? I'll never forget it. I remember. I think I might have brought this up before, but when we were driving home and. We, we couldn't stop talking about it. We just lost, got bounced out of the playoffs, swept, and we could not stop talking about how electric it, it was, how much fun. It was the most fun I've ever had in Cincinnati. Um, there's a chance we can get that again. And sure, they're probably going to disappoint us in the end. But having those brief moments, it, it definitely makes it all worth it to me. I haven't experienced success in my baseball fandom enough to do anything but get real excited about any and all contending Reds teams, and we've got one right now. Oh, we got one right now. Yeah, you know, um, that's that's the thing. We finally have a chance to enjoy a team, and I'm never going to tell anybody how to root for your Reds. Do do what you you do you. You know, there's room for everyone, but for me, there's so many awful moments. I I'm struggling to come up with any reason why we shouldn't try to enjoy this one while we've got it. Even though you got this other stuff in the background. It's so rare. So for the next month, uh, I'm going to be Joe Positivity until they lose 12 games in a row and or <laughs> bounced out. But um, but as of now, uh, you know, uh, there's actually been a change in the in the wildcard standings. The Reds would be playing the San Francisco Giants as of uh, as of now. Um, the Actually, it looks like they're t- Giants and Dodgers are tied as we're recording this. Actually, now, so it could be either one of them. the Dodgers did move into the lead there for just a moment, but now they're tied for that first wild card spot. So, um, and we don't need to talk about whether we'd rather play the Dodgers or the Giants. I don't. They're both going to be tough. I don't think the Giants are this good, and I think that's ultimately who it's going to be. But uh, playoff odds, as of right now, according to Fangraphs, Reds are, still have fifty-five point seven percent to make the playoffs. 1.1% to win the World Series. Ooh. The Padres are, of, uh, other than uh, of the teams behind the Reds, the Padres are at 26% to make the playoffs. Now, how's, how's this work? Because you, you know the maths, right? You understand the maths? I've known for my uh, <laughs> math acumen. Uh, no, well, the Fangraph playoff odds had the Reds at 1.1% to win the World Series, but have the Padres at 1.4% to win the World Series. Now, how's that? I guess they're saying if in the event they make it, they have a uh, roster more well-constructed to make a run? Probably. That's probably true, actually. I mean, the Reds have some flaws that we've been noting every week. They might have just actually looked at the teams involved, and they were like, LOL, Reds, no way, and bumped them down just to yeah, it wasn't, troll Reds fans. It wasn't math at all. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, 2013, 2012, 2010. Before that, the Reds pretended they were in the race in 2006. 
They were not really in the race in 2000, but it was a fun year with King Griffey Jr. And then 1999, they didn't make the playoffs, but they were in the race. That's uh, 22 years ago. And just those handful of years that the Reds really have, you know, have a, we could pretend that they were in the race. And really, 10 and 12 were the only real years that they were actually. I guess 99 they were, but I mean, still, they couldn't even make the wild card game. So, well, Being a Reds fan is kind of like the scenes in Kickboxer. You know, when Jean-Claude Van Damme first starts kicking the tree, like it hurts. It's not a pleasant experience. But by the end, you know, he, he's immune to the pain. And it all sets, it, sets itself up for one day the tree goes down and that's going to be the world series one of these years you know i believe that's uh, this is the 391st episode of this uh of this podcast that's the first jean-claude van damme reference i'm pretty sure so <laughs> well, thank you for that that that's a shame first off and all the <laughs> listeners are welcome there's more to come excellent i encourage that as many jean-claude van damme references as you can get and if you can if you can work a steven seagal in there that'd be good too I'll do my research. All right, there you go. All right, let's talk about the uh, the news of the week. News of the week, uh, first of all, the Reds claimed Asdrubal Carrera off waivers from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Asdrubal Cabrera. He's uh, 35 years old. He's played mostly first and third base uh, for Arizona this year. Um, he was with, I believe the he was with the Nationals the year before that. And he's been in the league for parts of 15 years. He actually made an all-star game, two all-star games as an Indian, if you recall, back in 2011, 2012. But uh, he's um, he's not great these days. He's not terrible. He's, you know, uh, as, as I started looking at him, I thought, well, you know, um, I could maybe handle him as a, as a bat off the bench. And, and my guess was that, and we've seen a little bit of this. I, we still don't know exactly how the Reds are intending to use him, but um, he uh, he's a switch hitter, first of all. And his first game in Cincinnati, Mike Moustakas got hurt. Surprise, surprise. And instead of bringing Suarez off the bench, Eugenio Suarez, they brought in Cabrera to play third base, which I thought was which I thought was interesting. But anyway, it's kind of it's basically just a bench move, depth move. But I thought it was interesting they did that instead of. Uh, keeping Jose Barrera around, the uh, super prospect for the Cincinnati Reds. He's down in uh, he's down in uh, AAA now, back to AAA. Any thoughts about Asdrubal Cabrera? A decade ago, I would have been pretty pumped. <laughs> yeah, really, right? He's uh, He's been hitting lefties at an okay clip, so maybe you know the Reds are, as we all know, pretty terrible against lefties. So maybe there's a little something there. Little sprinkle of, of good, but nah. This is a veteran bench depth. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, I meant to look that up, and you, you reminded me that I forgot to do my research um, before this episode. He has been hitting lefties uh, fairly well uh, this season, hasn't he? Let's see. Versus left-handed pitchers, um, yeah, two eighty-one average, three forty-six uh, on base, four thirty-eight slugging, uh, basically an OPS uh, plus of one fourteen. So. 14% above league average, and, and yeah, yeah, the Reds, for whatever reason, I could go out on the mound, and listen, I can't pitch with my right hand, but I could go out and pitch with my left hand, and I could still probably hold the Reds to two runs. <laughs> Seems like, anyway, man, I've never seen a team that struggles so much against left-handed pitching, so yeah, we're talking about it because it happened this week, but you're right, it's kind of a nothing, right? Yeah, I'm not going to get 
you know, too emotional about it one way or the other. Come on, enjoy the moment. It's Cabrera's moment. <laughs> All right. Um, September call-ups came, and I've been saying for months that I believed, and I thought these were was a, this was an educated guess, but I've been saying for months that um, in September or before September, we I thought we would get Hunter Green and or Nicola Dolo in Cincinnati before September. Actually, I thought specifically, especially Hunter Green. So you'd have a chance to have him on the postseason roster for the bullpen because you got to be on the roster before September in order to have it be placed on the postseason roster. The Reds did not call up Hunter Green or Nick Lodolo in, uh, before September 1. And then when they made their September call-ups, they did not call uh, either of them up again. Now, Lodolo has been has had some injury issues, and that's not really a surprise the way it's gone for his, the way his season's gone. I think he's certainly in the mix to be on the team next year uh, and maybe even in the starting rotation next year. But uh, but no Hunter Green. Now, before we talk about who they did call up, were you surprised, uh, Nate, that we didn't get Hunter Green uh, on September 1? And are you disappointed? I'm far more disappointed than I am surprised. Um, I don't think there's much of an excuse to not call him up. I'm sure they can come up with some you know lame, cliche something explaining their rationale. But no, he should be on the roster. He's not. And it's, it's extremely disappointing. It is extremely disappointing. I, I guess when he wasn't called up before September, then when that happened, I wasn't surprised. And I've been saying for, for months why I think he should have been called up before September. I think he can make a big-time difference in the Reds' bullpen uh, in the playoffs. I just There's no question in my mind. But when he wasn't called up in time to be placed on the post, potentially be placed on the postseason roster, um, then it didn't really surprise me that they didn't call him up as one of the September call-ups. And they still, I think they still probably will at some point. But if you're not going to call him up and let him be a real cog in this team down the stretch, then why not just let him keep starting in AAA, get a couple more starts maybe, and then bring him up, get a cup of coffee the last week or two of the season, let him experience uh, the playoff run a little bit. That's what I think will probably happen now. I think that it's uh, – and, and some some of you all have disagreed with me on this, and that's fine. Keep giving me your feedback. I don't, I, that's fine. I don't mind if you uh, disagree with me. But I think it's managerial malpractice not to have had him – uh, in the bullpen with a chance to be on the postseason roster because there's no one in this organization that has stuff that's as electric as Hunter Green. And there's no one, hardly anyone in baseball that has stuff like that. And I just think it's a, it's a, it's a, it made too much sense to call him up and make him, put him in the mix for a postseason spot. He may come up and fall flat on his face in his first uh, shot at the big leagues. That happens to a lot of people. Uh, but, if he comes up and is you know shows off what he has, then uh, he can help this team. Now the arguments against it are that well he's been starting down there. Do you want him coming up and pitching out of the bullpen and going max effort on every pitch? And I think that's yes. a reasonable argument. But that's there you go. Yeah, go go run with it. Yes, the answer is yes, right? <laughs> it's got to be. Um, I don't know if anybody out there, our esteemed listeners, have noticed our bullpen is a dumpster fire. Not as much of a dumpster fire as it was, but it's still not good. Still not good, and we have an incredible, undeniable talent just chilling down there in AAA. Yeah, the, the, the bullpen's better than it was, but you can't tell me that there's not a place for Hunter Green in that bullpen. You just can't tell me. So I bring him up I bring him up the last week of August, so he's in the mix for uh, postseason, then I work him in uh during September to see if he can if he's got a shot at being one of those guys and because it's a weapon you could have in October that they've just decided not to avail themselves of because they're the Reds. Yay, Nick Crawl. 
<laughs> oh. Anyway, they did make some September call-ups. The first of those September call-ups was Alejo Lopez, who we saw earlier this year. He uh, came up uh, from AAA Louisville early in the season. He uh, had been killing the ball. That was in late June when he was called. He'd been killing the ball in AAA at that point. He didn't really get to play much when they, they brought him up. Uh, got a hit on his first swing in the big leagues. Went back down and, and kept hitting. <laughs> kept hitting. And uh, did have a little bit of a slump when he first went back, but he's been killing the ball since. So Alejo Lopez is back. The other guy is Delano DeShields. Delano DeShields Jr. And, of course, Delano DeShields Jr., number one, he is the son of Red's uh, first base coach, Delano DeShields. You may be surprised to know that they're related, but they are. And um, the Shields, the Reds got him in a trade on August 31st, the last day of of, of August. They got him in a trade with Boston for cash, an undisclosed amount of cash. So couldn't be much cash because Castellini wouldn't have parted with it. But he's 29, um, and the Reds did uh, bring him up uh, as a September call up and. You know, uh, DeShields, he's a good defensive center fielder. Um, his numbers uh, have been decent at times um, over the years, but he's kind of a he's kind of a, a filler. Um, I don't mind having him as the you know as a September call up, but uh, certainly he's not in the mix for play, postseason spot anyway. But uh, that, it's just n- neither of these really move the needle at all for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for Alejo Lopez to join the uh, the ranks of hot hitting AAA players who come up to Cincinnati and don't get any at bats. It's exciting for him. <laughs> it's a long list; it keeps growing. <laughs> um, as far as DeShields goes, it's a great story. I think that there could be a place for someone with his skill set on a postseason roster. I think back to uh, like Dave Roberts for that you know, Red Sox team. That finally, you know, won the World Series and having a a speedy guy. I mean, I think the Shields between the AAA teams he's played for this year has a three eighty five on base percentage. Um, high OBP guy with a super successful steal rate as a late inning defensive replacement. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's not, value. he's not been a really high OBP guy in the in the big leagues in his career. But he's had a reasonable OBP. He's not a low OBP guy either. He's, you know, he's he's bumped up above average some years, and he's about average the, the other time. So, you're right. He's not gonna. He's not. He does has no power whatsoever. But in the postseason, when you kind of minimize the, the the number of players that are going to get in a game, um, you can. I mean, it, it, without an injury, he, he can't be on the postseason roster now. But uh, but think about a guy that can play a really good defensive center field and be a, a good pinch runner. You might need that in the postseason. You could see that, but he's not going to be. And, and I don't know how much of this was just a, a thank you to the old man for doing a good job as the first base coach. How do you do a bad job as the first base coach? <laughs> you don't take their batting gloves quickly enough. <laughs> That's a little tough you to... never give them back. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Billy Hatcher was such a good, uh, uh, was the Reds' first base coach for so many years, and they moved him to third base, and it didn't last long. So those are all your September call-ups. Of course, uh, Nick Senzel is no not uh, one of the call-ups. He is he just went this week to uh, Arizona to continue uh, rehabbing after getting a second opinion. Uh, I, actually, now that I think about, it, I'm not sure that was reported, uh, but it's true. Um, he went to get a uh, 
second opinion on his on his knee, and then he, but he is in he is in uh, Arizona, and he is currently uh, rehabbing, and so he's not going to be on the postseason roster either. If he's healthy by the end of the year, then they'll I'm sure they'll bring him back to Cincinnati because uh, they can. But um, really disappointing the way his season has ended up. All right, uh, other news of the week. This is this is kind of frustrating me a little bit. And uh, Nate, have you heard of this guy Jesse Winker? I'm fairly aware. I heard that he at one point in his life played baseball for Cincinnati Red Legs. <laughs> is he going to play again? Yes, we are optimistic. That's <laughs> right. Raining positivity. I choose to be optimistic. Well, uh, Jesse Winker still out with injury. Um, could have been back soon, but uh, the reports from this week is that he's throwing baseballs but has not begun to swing yet. And and it seems like for, for Winker, who most of his value comes from his bat, he's probably going to need to uh, be able to swing uh, to be uh, to be good. Um, so the Reds need Jesse Winker for, for this uh, stretch run. I mean, period. Full, that's full stop, right? They have to have Jesse Winker. Yeah, they need him in a bad way. He can just... I don't know if he brought some other intangibles aside from his bat, but the team has just seemed... I don't know, they seemed like a little bit less. I don't know a better way to say it. They've just seemed less since he's been gone. That's one way to put it. I mean, you've got Shogo Akiyama and Aristides Aquino, who uh, Aquino had been doing better than people thought most of the season, but he has really looked bad the last like week, week and a half. And you got those two guys getting more at bats, and it's not been good. Now Castellanos has, uh, has has bounced back, and and Tyler Naquin, fortunately, at exactly the right time with Winker going out, Tyler Naquin decided to have one of his red hot streaks, which has was huge, frankly, because if he was as cold as he'd been for three months before that, could have been ugly. But um, yeah, th- we went from a team that I thought we had too many outfielders. You know, we had Akiyama and Aquino basically as you're trying to be each, uh, you know, both were fifth outfielders because you had uh, Naquin as the fourth outfielder and Senzel at the beginning of the year, um, plus Winker and Castellanos. And now we really just have two outfielders and we really need Jesse Winker back. Please. Can, uh, the, I guess the question I have for you is, can um, Asdrubal Cabrera play left field? <laughs> Um, are we are we continuing the optimism thing? <laughs> he can probably play it better than I can. Let's just say that. Um, you want some more uh, uh, rehab uh, injury news to your favorite players? I know Let's you've been go. I know you've been begging to talk about Art Warren and Brad Brock, right? Oh goodness, <laughs> they're both getting closer. That's all I'm going to say about that. I hope they are he- getting healthy and stay healthy. I do not wish anything bad on them. I don't. Uh, I don't know who in the current bullpen. I don't know who I would uh, remove in favor of either of those guys. At, at the current yeah, that's, that's a good question. I'm not sure either. Yeah, I mean, Amir Garrett's Oof. a conversation, but remember Amir Garrett? I loved him once. Golly, maybe twice. Really? Well, this might be a. Uh, I guess it's a personal story. I don't need to know the details, but um, interesting. Wow. Anybody that wants to fight an entire baseball club wins my adoration. Oh, yeah. 
he's a guy that you want to be good as much as anybody, right? <laughs> exactly. I, I want him to be good. He's not good. And not getting better. I've, I, there was a, a short stretch where he, I thought, all right, he's got it back. And I wrote a column like an idiot. Um, I'll admit when I'm wrong, saying, all right, looks like he's back and the Reds need him to be back because that was when the Reds bullpen was really struggling. And, uh, you know, is it, what does it say about this team that Amir Garrett has more appearances than any pitcher on the staff this season? I think one of our awesome, you know, Twitter follows posted something. I can't remember the exact, exact stat or who tweeted it. So I apologize, but it was something like Amir Garrett has the most appearances for a pitcher with an ERA above six, like ever, or something like that. It's got to be. How do you let somebody pitch 52, 52 games when their ERA is 6.27? Yeah, he. It's like he fails the eye test because he he looks like, or maybe I should say he he, he passes the eye test. He, he walks up to the mound. He's imposing. He looks like such an amazing athlete. Then the results are just terrible. Yeah, the results are not close to what 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 your eyes are showing you, right? And maybe it's because we want to believe that. I don't know, but I, he can't throw strikes, and when he does, he grooves them. I've never seen so many hard hit balls off this guy, and you know he's gonna be thirty years old next year. Uh, it, it's kind of, in some ways, put up or shut up time. And he's never been great. He's always been, you know. Good enough, and with you know, kind of uh, this tantalizing, uh, you know, ability that we thought, oh, he's, when he takes the next step, he's going to be great. And he just he didn't take the next step. He he went backwards, and um, he's still going to be with you know the red still. He's arbitration eligible still, so um, I think he actually will be arbitration eligible for the first time this year. So the Reds have him under team control for I think three more seasons, at least two more seasons actually, um, but. I don't know. Do you? <laughs> how do you justify keeping him around? I think you have to. I think you justify keeping him around just because he still has t- all this talent. But I, I'm, I'm. He's not on my postseason roster. I'll tell you that right now. No way. I mean, I don't understand how they continue to run him out. I mean, it seems like they've really slowed down on that front lately. But he shouldn't be getting meaningful innings. No. No, let's look at his uh, uh, the game logs this year. Let's see how much he's pitched recently. Um, I mean, I watch the games every night, but it's hard to. By the time the bullpen comes out, I'm usually getting uh, usually sick to my stomach. Yeah, he's he's not. He went from the 12th to the 24th, didn't pitch at all. He wasn't on the he wasn't on the injured list during that time. Yeah, he went almost two weeks without him getting in a game, and he pitched. Uh, oh gosh, he's not pitched well since then. I, I don't know. I just that's just one of the most frustrating aspects of this team is the fact that when we needed him to take that step forward because the bullpen was so bad early in the year, he just didn't. And it really it put the Reds behind the eight ball a little bit. So, all right. Um, I think that's really all the news. I mean, you know, I just uh, not not the best week for the Reds, but ultimately they're still in the, still in the mix. And, uh, yeah, you know, enjoy the moment, right? Yeah, we're about to get a... Super fun, two-week-long Castellanos heater, and I'm ready for it. Yes, and then Art Warren's coming back, and 
sunshine and rainbows <laughs> sunshine and rainbows absolutely all right uh, you want to answer some uh, some viewer mail because some of the issues that i wanted to talk about this week were raised by some viewer mail questions so i thought i'll put them off uh, but uh, are, you, are you ready for that it's literally the only reason i join you on this podcast excellent Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Let's uh, let's begin. These questions, of course, come from our friends at patreon.com slash redlegradio. That is patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you too can uh, can support the podcast and get a chance of getting your questions answered here on the world's most dangerous podcast. First question comes from Rex Scott. Well, that's a good name, by the way. Can I just can I say that? Rex strong, Scott. strong name. It's a strong name. Chad and Nate. Can you review the list of players the Reds will need to negotiate with in the offseason if they will be on next year's roster? We all know uh, Nick Castellanos heads up that list, but who else could stay or go? Feel free to opine about what our priorities should be. Good question, Rex. Even though I said we're not gonna we're gonna hold off these offseason conversations for a while because we're trying to enjoy the moment, but it's a good question, and I think we it, we're in September, and it's time to it is time to think about these things. Usually by September, the Reds are so far out of the race that this is all we can talk about. So I'm glad this is an afterthought this week. Now, Nick Castellanos obviously is the is the the first one. Nick Castellanos uh, has an opt out clause after this season. He signed that four year, sixty four million dollar deal prior to last season, and he has an opt out had an opt out clause last season, which he did not uh, take because of the funkiness of that season. And he has an opt out clause uh, after this season. Um. My guess is that he will opt out. My guess is that he can make more money on the free agent market than he will make um, than the sixteen million he will make in Cincinnati. Sixteen million—that's a lot of money. Um, the Reds—we don't—I don't have any inside information on this one. Okay, but I would be very surprised to learn that if the, that the Reds had reached out to him about renegotiating. And so, there are going to be people that are going to be screaming at Nick Castellanos if he does opt out. And to my, my answer there is, well, he has a contract. He has to abide by that contract, and the Reds have to abide by that contract. And this is a part of the contract that he negotiated with the Reds that he could opt out. If he were really good, he could go see if he could make more money. And I can't blame him. Baseball players have a very short span of time. They can make as much money to set their families up. Go make your money. I want this guy back. How do we, how do we keep... Is there, let me ask you this, Nate, and you may not even have an answer because there's not a good answer to this. I don't have a good answer to it, but what are what are our chances of keeping Nick Castellanos in Cincinnati after this year? Well, I had written down in my notes zero, and I don't enjoy saying that. <sighs> but if ourselves and all of our listeners, starting tomorrow, we begin an intense daily letter writing campaign. Actual letters. Handwritten. Yes. Love letters, if you will. <laughs> then perhaps we can tug at the heartstrings and get him back. But in all honesty, why I don't mean to be, you know, negative Nancy here, but why would he stay? He's he's playing yeah, you know, he's having an M V P caliber year. Somebody's gonna pay him a whole lot of money and I don't think the Reds are gonna do that. Okay, let me let me begin this by my this is my devil's advocate phase here of the of the podcast. By uh, let me begin by saying I think you're I think you're one hundred percent correct. I agree with everything you just said, except for the letter writing campaign. I'm not sure where that came from. What is this? Nineteen seventy two. Um, here's here's my my dream scenario. Okay, first of all, 
It begins with the fact that Nick Castellanos uh, became an all-star for the first time in Cincinnati. Um, the city has embraced him in a, in a way that no city that he's played in before has. He's played in Detroit and Chicago. Uh, Cincinnati has embraced him uh, just differently than any of those other cities. He became a star here, literally an all-star. He, um, you know, uh, you saw the, 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 the shirt, t-shirt that his son designed and they're, they're selling it and they're, and they're giving the proceeds to charity. So he's been a good, uh, kind of, you know, community partner, basically, or a, a member of the community here in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he is experiencing something. I'm talking at my butt here, but he's, uh, not literally because how would you even do that? But um, he has experienced something here in Cincinnati that he's never experienced in his career before. Is that worth giving up some amount of money? I don't know the answer to that because I don't know Nick Castellanos. Uh, you know, um, I, I I just don't know. But the, the second part of that is we don't know what the free agent market's going to be like this year. We have no idea what the free agent market's going to be like. It's not been great for the last couple of years, and you know there are still owners like Bob Castellini pretending that, that they're poor. Here's what I fear: if I'm Nick Castellanos, I absolutely opt out because I think he'll get at least sixteen million somewhere. I don't think he can do worse than what he's making. I absolutely opt out, but I opt out with an idea that uh, you know, hey, maybe I'll. Sign back with the Reds, depending on what's out there. You know that may it may be worth more to me to stick around in Cincinnati. Uh, the problem is if he opts out, Bob Castellini is going to go, woohoo, thirty-two million dollars. I don't have to pay the next two years. I'm not going to offer it to him again, and he'll go somewhere else. But I don't know. This is me just kind of thinking through the fact that we're not going to have Nick Castellanos after this year, and it's a shame because there's no question. Is he an MVP? We'll talk more about that in a moment. But he may not be next year or the year after. But he'll be worth sixteen million in terms of what player value is these days, and it's just a it's a it's a shame that he's probably not going to be here. But again, enjoy the moment, Chad. Anything right. to add to Castellanos? No, no, it's uh, it's sad to think about. And, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said zero. Maybe there is a chance if he's if he really loves Cincinnati, if his family loves Cincinnati, then you know Castellini has you know once or twice maybe spent some money. So there's a, there's a chance. But it's a small one. It's a small one. Yeah, right. All right, next, Wade Miley. Wade Miley, starting pitcher for the Reds, who has had a brilliant year, an absolutely brilliant year. I mean, really, you know, I, I've kind of take, taken my victory lap on Wade Miley because the preseason I was telling everybody, guys, you don't – he's not – everybody thought he was awful because for, you know, four games last year he was injured and pitched awful. And that's all the Cincinnati Red fans know is the times that he pitched for the Reds, not what he did before. Um, I said, guys, he's not that bad. He's going to be a legit number four starter. That I think he was going to be the ace. <laughs> you know, two point nine seven ERA, twenty five starts. No, um, but oh boy, this might be the this might be the Bob Castellan Bob Castellini Bob Castellanos. Good grief, Bob Castellini. This might be the 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 point where we find out whether he's going to spend any money. The Reds have a ten million dollar club option on Wade Miley, so they if if they will just agree to pay him ten million. Wade Miley has to come back. It's like the the Reds get to make the make the call. Um, if they won't pay Wade Miley ten million, pack it up 
because they're not going to pay anybody else. That should be a no-brainer to me. Wade Miley will be back. That's my opinion. Nate? Yeah, that's a steal. Two million dollars. They have to. And if they don't, we should all begin a letter-writing campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Nate, that seems to be your answer for everything. You know, you should be surprised how effective it is. Start sending you letters every day. <laughs> I remember one time you made a bad grade in, in, in class and you began a letter writing campaign to your teacher. What was that all about? You're in fourth grade. I got it changed. <laughs> well, there you go. No wonder. <laughs> okay, Tucker Barnhart. Tucker Barnhart, also the Reds have a team option on Tucker Barnhart for $7.5 million. Should they keep him? Yes. That's a no-brainer. I think it's a no-brainer, too. Says the guy who doesn't know how to operate the mute button on his microphone. <laughs> um, $7.5 million team option. That's a lot of money. But for a guy that's a, a more than competent catcher, I think it should be a no-brainer. Yes. Matter of fact, what I would do is I would pick up that option and immediately begin negotiating a uh, an extension because he, with uh, with Tyler Stevenson, is just a, it's a great duo. So I, But again, Wade Miley and... Tucker Barnett, that's going to be the canary in the coal mine. If the Reds won't pay $17.5 million for those two, ooh, we're in trouble. Uh, let's see. Michael Lorenzen, uh, is in his, he has another year of arbitration. Um, who else could we potentially lose? Michael Givens, relief pitcher Michael Givens. He's going to be a free agent. I expect he will be a free agent. The Reds will let him walk. Justin Wilson, I expect the Reds will let him walk. Um Brad Brock, he's only making five hundred and seventy thousand only. Um, I expect to let him walk, um, and now Delano to shield. So that's that's about it. So uh, really, there's not a whole lot of players the Reds have a chance. Really, Castellanos is the only one that they that you might want to keep around that you might not be able to uh, by just paying out a little money. So we'll see. I guess that's actually good. The Reds have a lot of good players coming back. Next year might be fun, too. Oh, gosh. Enjoy the moment. I choose to be optimistic. Uh, James Urban asked, now, Nate, i got to get your opinion on this question. This is a little bit, uh, I'm not sure how to take this. James' question is this, Nate again? Unbelievable. Oh, man, rude. <laughs> What's that mean? You think so it was being rude, or was, he, or was he saying, unbelievable, I can't believe I'm so lucky? I don't know. I, uh, I feel like there's a period, not an exclamation point. Hmm. To that I say, Mr. Urban, up your nose with a rubber hose. Oh, James Urban is now on Nate's bad list. You better clarify, unless that's what you meant, then which just enjoy being on the bad list because of anything. I've been on Nate's bad list for years. Appreciate the honest. There you go. Um, for real, question this week is simple. The first three questions relate to Nick Castellanos, basically, so I wanted to do this one next. What's more likely, signing Castellanos next year or winning a playoff series this year? What's more likely? It's pretty, actually a pretty good formulation of, of a question. What do you think? Now, what's more likely, signing Castellanos beyond this year or actually winning a playoff series this year? Oh, well, I did say earlier that uh, we had a 0% chance of signing Castellanos, so <laughs> I'm going to have to go with the playoff series. I think it's the playoff series, too. What do we say? you got to be in the tournament to win it. Assuming I think the Reds- with uh, the Reds roster and their, and their, their rotation, if we get to a playoff series – get through the wild card game, then yeah, I think they got as much of a chance as, as almost anyone. That's a point that I've made occasionally, but not, not as often lately. This roster, again, 
you're, you're using the roster differently in the playoffs. Most of most of our, our viewers don't know this because when are the Reds ever in the playoffs? But yeah, with with the pitching, and there's a question later that I do want to talk. Uh, I want to answer about how the Reds might use that pitching in the playoffs, um, and the fact that the offense can score runs, and you're gonna you know you you don't have to get every guy in the lineup occasionally. You you play your best players. This Reds roster could be uniquely situated to make a run in the playoffs. They could also not score a single run and be kicked out. We've seen that before, but I think you're right. And so I think it's I think the answer is winning a playoff series this year. I wish that it was more likely. I wish it was more likely that we signed Castellanos because that means that signing Castellanos would be likely, and it's not. But I think the Reds could win a playoff series. They get past that wild card game. All right, Seth Shaner, another Castellanos question. And this is a good one. Uh, earlier this week, uh, I don't know who it was, MLB, or I think it came from, it was they were Vegas odds for the top five MVP candidates in the National League. And it was uh, Fernando Tatis, I think was number had the best odds. Uh, Max Muncy from Los Angeles was number two. Uh, Freddie Freeman from Atlanta was number three. Uh, Bryce Harper from Philadelphia was number four. And Joey Votto had the fifth best odds to win MVP in the National League. And Seth's question is this, does Nick Castellanos deserve more National League MVP consideration than Joey Votto at this point? Not asking if either will win it, as that seems unlikely, but which one would get your vote? And I think that's a good question. Uh, For most of the season, it was Castellanos, and then he got hurt, and then he uh, struggled a little bit. I say struggled. He didn't really struggle. Um, But but to me, my answer is, uh, and I'm eager to hear your answer, Nate, but if I had only had one vote, I could only vote for one of those players for MVP. I probably vote for Kyle Farmer, who's <laughs> now a superstar. I keep being told, even though he turned back into a pumpkin. I did um, not see that coming. <laughs> I, I think I take Castellanos. It's close, but I think I take Castellanos. Castellanos has been a more productive hitter this season than uh, Joey Votto. He's played more games than Joey Votto, and not to criticize Joey Votto, who's been fantastic. But I just think Castellanos has been slightly better. Um, who do you vote for if you've got one vote? When I first saw this question, I I sort of chuckled to myself at first. I'm like, of course it's Vado. It's, it's, it's been the story of the season. So I went and I looked at the stats, expecting, expecting to you know confirm my beliefs. And Castellanos is leading Vado in almost every single statistic. I mean, Vado has a couple more home runs. A handful more RBIs and just a few more walks. Other than that, Castellanos is leading in every other relevant statistic. Yeah, all the rate stats. I was, yeah, I was super surprised. I think the answer has to be Castellanos, but also like I love you know taking the MVP at its literal meaning. Like who's been the most valuable statistically? Sure, Castellanos, but what Votto has meant for this team and this franchise. And uh, you know that, that epic hot streak he was on, I feel like that it was more impactful than the numbers even said. It, it energized, you know, the team, the fan base, the entire organization. So there is there is some weight to that. You can make an argument, right? But I, I, I think you're right. Castellanos probably. I mean, he's had a better season. It turns out I had no idea. Uh, very close, though. Very close, but yeah. Well, Castellanos is the best hitter. In the, he and, and Winker for two months of the season were, were vying for the best hitter in the league. And Castellanos right. has actually been better defensively 
than I expected. Because last year, he was kind of brutal early in the year defensively. And, and I know he worked on, he, he was famously working on it because uh, he wanted to be in the lineup every day, et cetera, but he didn't want to get uh, double switched out. Uh, but he's not had those those moments this year. Uh, and maybe it's just him getting used to, to playing a great American last year, but he's not, he's not had those moments where he's, he's terrified me out there like he did last year. I, I guess here's my actual answer. Okay. I've said Nick Castellanos. And so now I'm going to ask everyone to just, uh, just fast forward for about 10 seconds. Don't listen to this because this is a secret between uh, Nate and I. The the truth is, I'd vote for Votto because I love Joey Votto, but I'm trying to convince Nick Castellanos to stay. So if he's listening to the podcast, oh. he'll know that I support him. What about that? Better than a letter writing campaign? Maybe we'll see. <laughs> that's a that's a good question. Uh, yeah, and the truth is, Winker is in that conversation. If Winker hasn't had him in uh, hurt here down the stretch, I think um, Winker, as great a season as he had, is going to end up being the, maybe the third most valuable hitter. In this lineup, crazy. Okay, next question comes from Brad Middlecoff. Brad asks us to assume that the Reds are in the playoffs as the second wild card team. Oh, enjoy the moment. I can assume that. Mm-hmm. Against the Dodgers or Giants, and you have the luxury of arranging your schedule so that any currently healthy starters available to pitch this do-or-die game, who do you select as your starter? Here's a second question that I'm not sure we're going to have time to really get to, but I think that's, yeah, we've talked about this a little bit, but uh, I've been saying Luis Castillo for a while um, would be my starter in that game. Um, my opinion has not changed on that. I still I still start Luis Castillo in, in the wild card game. Uh, even though arguably he has the worst season statistics of any of the, the red, five red starters. I just, he's been pitching well lately and he has the best stuff in the, in the rotation. Who do you start? In the have we talked about this, you and I? I'm not sure you and I have talked about this. I think we may have answered a similar question at some point, but I'm with you. Um, I think there's a there's an argument to be made for Wade Miley, but facing, especially if it's a team like the Dodgers with that, you know, potent lineup, somebody like Castillo has the best chance, in my opinion, of shutting down really good hitters for several innings, and I think that. that's going to matter in a one-game playoff. Yeah, I mean, he's got a good chance of getting swings and misses. Um, But, again, how do you argue against Wade Miley, who has been the best starter on the Reds this year? How do you argue against Tyler Malley if the game's on the road? Because on the road, Tyler Malley has been unbelievable, and he misses as many bats as Castillo this year. Uh, That's true. You can't go wrong with any of those, frankly. Um, And Sonny Gray, you know, uh, has come on lately, uh, frankly. So, uh, but I don't know, I just... Castillo, when Castillo is Castillo, he is really Castillo. And you really want to be Castillo when you can be Castillo. I've heard that. Yes, exactly. That was in my fortune cookie. (laughs) Uh, Was it now? (laughs) All right. uh, Next question comes from Skylar Webker. Skylar's question is this. Can we talk about how terrible Barry Larkin has been calling games, yet how fantastic John Sadak and Chris Chris Welsh have been? Makes me happy for away games. Obviously, Chris Walsh only does the color commentary on television during away games. And uh, we've alluded to this a number of times this season, and, and I'm just really, I don't, uh, I, I don't like criticizing Barry Larkin, who's my favorite baseball player. Uh, and one of the heroes of my youth. Um, one of the greatest Reds of my lifetime. Uh, he, he, I guess he's gotten a little bit better since week one, but I, I can't listen to him. I just I I turn it down when he's on there. Um, yeah, you have any comments on that? I think 
I mean, I agree. It's 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 not it's not a very enjoyable experience. But these things take time. This is a it's a job. It's going to get better with reps. Um, I I didn't like Cowboy at first, and now I absolutely love listening to him. So he can get better. Yeah, he our patience. If anybody deserves it, I guess it's Barry Larkin. Thank you for uh, for uh, bringing me around a little bit on that. Yeah, I don't know. I just I guess my problem is that um, Chris Welsh, first of all, is a friend of the podcast, and he is an extraordinarily good color commentator, and has been for many so, years. So and I feel good. like he's gotten dumped on just because they wanted to give Barry Larkin. Barry Larkin asked. Um. I don't know. I, I I feel like he's just not been treated like he should have been treated by this organization um, after being so good for so long. Uh, John Sadak, the play-by-play guy. Uh, there's a guy on uh, on on the Twitters who uh, good you know guy I've followed for years and who uh, I like him, but he he really whines about John Sadak all the time, and I don't get it. I think John Sadak is fantastic. I mean, I think he's really good at his job. He's he's enthusiastic. He does his homework. I don't know. I like John Sadak. Do you have any thoughts on Sadak? No, I just I, you said it all perfectly. Couldn't agree more. As usual, I'm going to ask you in the future. <laughs> every time I kick it over to you, just say that and let me talk more. It'll speed these podcasts up. That's exactly. Sure. It'll make James Urban happy. <laughs> yeah, really, James <laughs> Urban. Uh, Jeff Euclid asks: Is it just me, or is this Reds team entirely lacking in guys having mediocre years? With the possible exception of the starting rotation, it seems everyone's either really good or mired in the depths of despair. Where's the in-between, and what does it say about the roster construction? I'm not sure I know what it says about the roster construction, but it's some, that's not a way I thought about it, really. But you got guys you know, all kind of outperforming what you expected of them, except for the guys who are really seriously underperforming. Who are the guys that are just kind of meh? The truth is Kyle Farmer's probably that guy. He's pretty close to his career stats. He has an 85 OPS plus. He's not good, except for he was for five weeks. Um, been better defensively than I ever would have imagined. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, kick dirt on the guy when he's down. But um, there's nobody that's kind of a kind of a middling guy. It's really true. It's really if you look down these stats that they're really good or really bad. That's kind of a strange way to look at it. But it's true, isn't it? This might be blasphemy, but uh, Tyler Naquin. Um, he's either awesome or mired in the depths of despair. He's both. <laughs> <laughs> he's both occasionally, but and his numbers ultimately are—he's a little above average. His OPS plus is one hundred and nine, so that's nine percent above league average, which is you know that's a little above average. That's not exactly great. Certainly not bad, but he has been both. I think that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Every time we look at these stats, I got to look at Gino's, uh, Gino Suarez's stats. It makes me sad. <sighs> All right. Uh, Richard Stallard has the best question in the history of Red Lake Nation Radio. Now that Marty Brenneman has opened the door, of course, Marty Brenneman was inducted into the Reds Hall of Fame this week. And, and let me, before we answer this question, this is how stupid the Reds are. Man, that, that, a bunch of idiots running that organization. I mean, it's they are more poorly run, as I keep saying, than an, a, a bad 11U travel baseball team. The Reds are in a pennant race. They're on the road in Miami. And at the same time the game's on, they schedule Marty Brenneman's Hall of Fame induction and a Legends softball game in, back in Cincinnati. At the exact same time, the Reds are playing in the heart of a pennant race. 
How stupid is that? I would have watched that softball game if it had been available. It would have been, you know, an interesting diversion. I would have watched Marty's uh, induction. But instead they do it at the exact same time that the Reds are playing a game trying to hang on to a playoff spot. So the question to you, first of all, Nate, is how dumb uh, are the Reds? Much, much dumb. Many dumbs. <laughs> Richard Stout, now that Marty's opened the door, should not now be the time to begin a movement. Red Leg Nation and its heart and soul, Chad Dotson, should one day be a member of the Reds Hall of Fame. I just want to read that because I love you. I love you, Richard. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's never going to happen. Well, with the induction of Marty, they have already shown a willingness to induct old curmudgeons. So there's a precedent there. Oh, yeah. So Bill Lack may be uh, inducted some one of these days. Whoa. Bill <laughs> Lack slander coming out of that. Yeah. I know. I appreciate you defending Bill Lack, by the way. Um, <laughs> Bill Lack, uh, you, you don't know this, but his... Uh, he has a pseudonym. It's James Urban. So you may not like him anymore. Well, I take I take it all back. <laughs> James, my man. I don't know. You're creating some controversy today. All right. Nathan Connor asks this. A friend of mine recently had a problem with a request made on the website Cameo. Uh, do you know what Cameo is? This app, Cameo? Nate? I am familiar. It's okay. the one where you pay people to... Say a, a personalized message or something. Right, you can pay famous or semi-famous or slightly uh, famous people to uh, do a message for somebody, whatever. So uh, Nathan says, "I've never been on Cameo, so I was looking at it to see what it's about." When you search Cincinnati Reds, the second hit is Clint Hurdle, who did play for the Reds, but he's the uh, he's got Bill Lack actually gave me a hard time because when we were talking about worst Reds managers or worst managers that the managers we hated the most, we didn't mention Clint Hurdle, and it's a good point. Um, but anyway, and Nate says, Nathan says, uh, seriously, can you think of a less appealing cameo for a Reds fan? P.S. Ryan LaVarnway can be had for $15. I'm getting a Ryan LaVarnway cameo <laughs> for $15. There's no question about it. I just got to do it. I'm going to post it on Twitter. Um, Clint Hurdle, that kind of hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I, I, I saw the question, so I, I got on the cameos. To see uh, what the options were, I was a bit surprised to see Pokey Reese going for ninety-five bucks a clip. Wow! I mean, good for you, Calvin. Yeah, go get it. Get and those dollar I decided, bills. I also like the idea of trolling the Reds fan in your life by getting uh, sending them Yadier Molina cameos. <laughs> oh, I wonder if you can get a Yadier Molina one, and because uh, they suppose they'll say you know whatever you ask them to say or whatever, I get them to say something nice about the Reds. The problem is then you're giving money to Yadier Molina. Good Nobody point. wants to do that. That's a good point. Ryan LaVarnway, though, Red's legend, Ryan LaVarnway, maybe. You know, I uh, I got one of these cameos uh, a few years ago. I did one. Um, it's Again, you, you, you send them some, a few bucks, and uh, the, the person you, you send them to, they'll record a personal message. And I, I got one for my son's birthday when my, my son turned... Uh, 13, I think, uh, he became a teenager, and so I got I got him one from his favorite college basketball player at the time. And, uh, well, he'd become pro at that point, but so I got him on his cameo. It's Kyle Guy. Have you ever heard of Kyle Guy, Nate? I'm aware. Most outstanding player in the 2019 uh, NCAA Final Four. But anyway... Um, so I got one, and he was uh, he was really excited. I was less enthused about it because Kyle Guy just recorded it. He had no shirt on. He was just he looked like he just got out of the shower. It was kind of 
creepy. <laughs> that dude can shoot, though. Inappropriate. Uh, it is. I'm telling you, I'm seriously getting that Ryan LaVarnway one. you got to remind me. I'm going to do that. i got to post that on uh, on the Twitters. Okay, uh, Hooper Powell. we got to run through the rest of these really quick. We're running out of time. Hooper Powell has a question just for Nate. What was the most unpleasant thing that Chad did to you as kids? Um, besides leading me to being a Reds fan? <laughs> oh, it is my fault. I apologize. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good answer. Nah, you were pretty awesome, big bro. No, uh, no hate coming your way. I appreciate that. We no won't talk. Here. We won't talk about our other brother Corey uh, tonight. <laughs> Podcast isn't long enough. <laughs> Hooper's res related question: If you could choose to sign Castillo or Castellanos to an extension, which one would you choose? Ooh. It's a very good question. Castillo or Castellanos? I know my answer. My answer is Luis Castillo. I mean, I love Castellanos, but if we're choosing between the two, and this is a false choice, we don't really have to make this choice. Bob Castellino didn't have to make this choice, but I'll take the 28-year-old Castillo over Castellanos, who has been good for years, but this is his first year they really bumped up to be a, a, a real star, so that's who I take. What do you think? Yeah, I, I struggled with this one. I think your reasoning is, is on point, but... You know, we've got some other good pitchers. We've got some guys in the pipeline. I think, uh, you know, if you could have that Castellanos, Winker, you know, I want to say Votto, but how long can he keep it going? For two or three-headed monster for the next three or four years. That's pretty great, too. Um, it's a good argument. Yeah. It's a win-win. How about we just – how about Castellini? Just sign them both. Give yeah, them the, give them the money. Dose. Let's go. Give him many much monies. All right, uh, three more quickly. Uh, Jay Cottrell, first of all, watching the Brewers-Giants game on YouTube since the Reds are off today. Uh, they have this little diagram in the upper right of the screen that shows the defensive shift positioning. I kind of like it. Should Bally Sports Ohio incorporate this? Two things. One, yes, they, they should. I think that's a pretty cool little uh, feature, but I would prefer if they just banned the shift entirely. Anything else to my, say about that, Nate? My only note on this question was ban the shift. Ban the shift. Exactly. So I'm sorry I stepped on your on your moment of glory that you oh, were going to <laughs> argue against the shift. I will yeah, note that James Urban. <laughs> James Urban loves the shift. Oh, James, you stepped That's into gonna it. That's going to be my new, uh, my new slur for people. <laughs> you love the shift. <laughs> Others are going to say you love James Urban. James, <laughs> we do love you. I'm sorry, you just became the villain this week. Uh, but next week, someone else will be the villain. But we do love you. Um all right, Woo the Reds, who that's the guy who was uh, featured prominently in my column at Cincinnati Magazine. Please go read that column. I don't actually I don't care if you read it. Just go click on it. That's all I need. All I need. Uh, he gave us three questions, and he concedes that maybe they shouldn't all be addressed. So let's see which one of these is the best question to answer. Um, all right, actually, actually, two of these are really good. Let's let's answer two of them as quickly as we can. So I'm going to kick it to you to answer question number two that he offered. Is that Are you okay with that, Nate? Bring it on. All right. So seeing Tyler Stevenson working to get some playing time in left field is some good news. There was uh, reports and some pictures showing that Tyler Stevenson was getting uh, some reps in left field uh, before the game. and um, He's also played first base this year in addition to catcher, his, uh, his primary position. With how often modern catchers split their innings behind the plate, Shouldn't the Reds be looking to have Stevenson bat, Stevenson's bat in the lineup as much as possible between catcher, first base, and left field? What do you think, Nate? I love this question. I love this idea. 
Um, I would like to add, why not try third base? Why not short and hole? Our, you know, we're getting zero production on that side of the field. Johnny Bench moved from catcher to third base. But he couldn't start. It, Go ahead. I think it's great. I think uh, it's, a, it's a luxury when you have someone like Tucker Barnhart that you can, uh, you know, you, you can play half the time or more. We, we, you know, we're all satisfied with his production, even if it's not great offensively. It's it's fine, and what he does defensively and calling the game is is, is so fantastic that uh, if you can have that and get Stevenson's bat in the lineup, and suddenly we're talking about that two-headed monster with Winker and Castellanos. I mean, Stevenson, he can hit. He can really, really hit. Yeah, I would, I would get as experimental as I could. Absolutely, I think I think I think you have to. You got to get creative. Um, Woo, I think you're. I think you're right. Now, you know, a lot of people have been saying all year that the Reds have to be looking to move Stevenson off catcher as soon as they can, full time. Uh, and I get that thought, which you know, it, it's it's hard to be a catcher. Devin Mezzarocco, we watched him, mm-hmm. kind of a you know, bright shining star, and then he he, he uh, flamed out because of injury. Um, I think the answer is most teams split catcher at least sixty forty. As long as you've got a guy like Tucker Barnhart, who's going to be an elite defensive catcher. And since he quit switch hitting, his bat has been good enough. I think that uh, you want Stevenson's bat in the lineup as much. And if you could, if you if he can play catcher, first base, and left field, you can get him, you know, three starts a week at catcher, and three more starts, frankly, between first base and left field. And so you've got that bat in the lineup, and it is a bat. It's a bat that's going to play. It's going to get even better. I mean. It, He's the guy. I know everyone's Jonathan India, Jonathan India, and I'm, I love me some Jonathan India. Um, but Tyler Stevens is also 24, and I think he's he is going to be a way bigger star than Jonathan India, is my opinion. Maybe not. He doesn't have the the flowing locks, and the, and the, um, but I just think he's going to be a more valuable player over the next uh, five years for the Reds than India. I think India is going to be valuable as well. I, that's not a, a slur on India's name, um, but I think. For him to be the player he can be, you got to get him in the lineup a lot. And so I love this idea, Wu. Next question from Wu. If the Reds make the World the World Series, no, he said, if the Reds make the wild card game, and with the woes of the Reds' bullpen, doesn't it make sense for the Reds to have a rotation game where they have two, three starters pitch and limit the bullpen to the top arms? After all, it's a do-or-die game, and the Reds haven't done anything in a long time. I started to say this earlier when we were answering the question about uh, who to start in the in the wild card game. And I said, well, we'll wait, because I know they have this other question. I think we should start Luis Castillo. But I think you've got to have an extremely short leash with every pitcher you throw. If he's, if he's not on, you go to Wade Miley or Tyler Miley immediately. If that's not working, you go to the other one. And then let's say Castillo uh, does what? Pitches five innings and gets through the lineup two times and walks somebody in the sixth. I think you you got to go to your bullpen immediately, but it does not have to be your bullpen. I think the Reds should absolutely uh, be willing to go to Wade Miley or Tyler Malley or, again, uh, whatever combination. I mean, I'd rather have Sonny Gray than most of the guys in the bullpen. Uh, I think it's all hands on deck in that wild card game, and I hope that David Bell will treat it as such. Um, that's one thing Dusty Baker never did. He never really, I didn't feel like, understood the urgency of the playoffs. He just he managed the games in the playoffs like he managed a random game in June. And I think the Reds have five really good starting pitchers. 
they it absolutely everything should be on the table in that game, and I'm really interested to see if the Reds are able to make it there. What David Bell does there? Any uh, any thoughts about that, Nate? Spot on. Um, I get pretty excited thinking about Tyler Molle as a closer. Ooh, a closer. Think about that. You're up, uh, you know, one or two run game in the eighth or ninth inning, and watch him come in there, throw some, throw some, some heat. Let's go. I'm into it. Yeah, I mean the Reds don't really have a closer. Let's be honest. Um, why does it have to be a reliever in that wild card game? Bring in your best pitcher. And then get ready to trot them out. If you win the game, I mean, run them out for three or four innings the next game. And I know that they have routines and, you know, there's a risk there, but it's yeah. playoffs. But you, you got to go game. These gotta, guys, I mean, they're, they're competitive. They're going to want to do it. Yeah, I mean, how many times do we see, you know, uh, Randy Johnson come out of the bullpen, you know, mm-hmm. Clayton Kershaw's come out of the bullpen, and uh, neither of these guys are, are Hall of Famers like those two, but still. It, it, you don't want to get them hurt, but also you can you got to be flexible to to win. And, and I think the Reds, if they're smart, it it mitigates the uh, you know the the weaknesses of the bullpen. If if David Bell will get creative, you never have to pitch Amir Garrett if he's even on the if he's even on the roster because yes. you can use. I mean, who are you going to pick, Vladimir Gutierrez, or you know Brad Brock if he's if he's back. Tough. No question. All right, last question here. This was just for you. This comes from our friend Joey Gaditza, our resident uh, Canadian. I blame Canada. Uh, question for Nate. Who was your favorite Red growing up? Dave Burba. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you pulled that one out of left field. Dave Burba. Again, probably the first Dave Burba reference. Few names more fun to say than Dave Burba. Um, <laughs> he was hey, hey, he wasn't bad though. We got to concede. He wasn't, he wasn't absolutely awful. not. He was no Elmer uh, Descends, but he wasn't bad. Uh, Adam Dunn. Um, I was a, I was a Sabo guy first, then I was a Larkin guy, and then once Adam Dunn came into my life, I have been forever changed. I mean, for crying out loud, his nickname was the Big Donkey. <laughs> yeah, that's probably when you were really starting to become a big time Reds fan. I mean, I know you know you kind of forced to when you're younger uh, sorry but uh he came along at just the right time and what a fun yeah. player such an easy guy to root for the the personality the he was hilarious and i got to watch him hit a uh, walk off home run on opening day mm-hmm. adam dunn and that was a sp- pretty special memory so yes adam dunn my man also my favorite actor so. <laughs> he he has been in an academy award uh you know honored film Adam Dunn, and he's being more. What's funny about Adam Dunn is that, uh, you know, he came back for uh, when he was uh, inducted into the Reds Hall of Fame, and there's a kind of a picture that's kind of famous on Reds Twitter of him uh, holding two Bud Lights in one hand, and just because that just seems like the most Adam Dunn thing ever. Well, he was back for Marty's uh, induction and uh, this this past week weekend, and uh, evidently he and Marty buried the hatch. I didn't realize there was some kind of big rift between the two because my one of my favorite moments ever is Adam Dunn calling into Marty's banana phone, um, pretending to be Adam from Milwaukee. But uh, so good, I know. But uh, but they they showed him the uh, picture, and I didn't notice it at first until somebody zoomed in. But he has uh, two uh, I don't know you know what's it, bourbon or what's in it, but he has two two uh, plastic cups filled with something in one hand, uh, some kind of liquor. So he's uh, Dunn's just leaning into it at this point. He's just gonna he's gonna spend the rest of his life just being Adam Dunn, and more power to him. American treasure. An American treasure. All right, any final thoughts, Nate? Um, I just want to say I don't actually hate James Urban. 
Um, James, you're awesome. Keep the questions coming. We appreciate you and all of the listeners and contributors. And hey, if the season ended right now, we're in the playoffs. Enjoy the moment, right? Let it ride. All right, for Nate Dotson and Jean-Claude Van Damme, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.